0: From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, collegiate senior in atmospheric science Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer for The Lift on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, freelance on-camera meteorologist and former Weather Channel meteorologist Kim Cunningham, and I'm your announcer and Skywar Network radio operator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, amateur storm spotter, Bill Johnson. All right, well, hey,
1: welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the Stormfront Freaks podcast and Stormfront Freaks Raw. Uh, hey, thanks for listening, and those of you watching, especially all of our new listeners with the National Weather Podcast month going on. I think that's that's been a huge hit, and we'll talk a little more about that. But uh, if you're new to the show, uh, welcome, sit back, enjoy, have some fun. Uh, if you get a chance, subscribe to the show. You can either do that on YouTube if you're watching. Uh, we'd love for you to subscribe because then you get informed when we have uh, some new shows scheduled. Uh, or if you're listening to us on a on a podcast app uh, like iTunes or something like that, you, you can subscribe on there as well. That just guarantees you're going to get notified when the new material uh, is available to you. But hey, this is episode 23. Our guest is Storm Chaser and owner of Severe Studios, Corey Hartman. Uh, we'll also be discussing the role of live storm footage in getting the public to be, able to, to be able to act and also maybe talk about what would be the drawbacks to that. And don't forget to stick with us for the next hour because when we wrap up the show, we'll have the hilarious uh, weather fool's and our good, useful WX resources. Uh, hey, those of you watching live will be monitoring uh, Twitter as well throughout the uh, show tonight. So if uh, you have any questions, you have any comments, uh, just go ahead and tweet those out with the hashtag StormfrontFreaks, and uh, we'll, we'll try and mix those in uh, as, we, as we go. So, I got hey, a everybody. question.
2: Wait, I got a question. Oh, I heard okay, Bill Murray
1: one. is
2: going
3: to be on.
4: I know. When's he going to get here?
2: I loved
3: him in the <laughs> movies. He was awesome. <laughs> Matt, what, movie, what movies, uh, which Bill Murray are we talking here, Maz? Groundhog
2: Day, right?
4: Yeah, you, a- you know what's so funny is I, I got to teach 395 sixth graders the last two days uh, about meteorology because they're doing a balloon launch. And so we turned them into junior weather launch officers. And, and the cutest kid stood up at some point and said, how does it feel like to forecast the weather every day and it be the same? <laughs> And I went, yeah, awesome. okay, thank for a second, you know, and I'm not too quick on my feet. So, you know, I go, mm, you know, where are you, where are you going with this? And he goes, you're in Groundhog Day. It's the same weather every day. And I thought, what a cool kid. <laughs>
2: yeah, and then he went, why do you That's- little? So <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey, I've so
1: lost control of this show already, and we've just gotten started. Oops. But it's hey, off the real. No. That's, that's cool. No, sorry, said, uh,
4: just jump in and talk anytime. Sorry. Yeah, that's I'll right.
1: Just... We want. Hey, we here's the key. This is this is the <laughs> the main part of the show I wanted to get to, which is to let everybody know that's watching or listening to us. I think everyone now knows this, but everyone always looks and sounds better with a drink, right? So let we're going to go ahead and introduce the team. Uh, find out what they're drinking. MJ, we're going to start with you. What do we got tonight? And All by right, the way, yeah. MJ, hey, MJ. Yes. Uh, I found out just tonight MJ got a promotion with his county uh, yeah. ham radio network wow. operator group. That's pretty cool. Uh, so t- tell us about your promotion with oh, your yes. uh, ham
0: radio group and what you're drinking. Yes, it's fabulous. Well, tonight I have a classic Captain and uh, Coca Cola here in a nice Coca Cola glass. So we're enjoying that. And then yes, I am now the assistant Skywarn manager for Canabic County here in Minnesota. Wow. It's a, wow, uh Wow. That's, pretty that's
3: cool. cool. That's pretty it, cool. It, it, it hey, comes
0: we're moving with great, on up. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Comes with great responsibility and great, you know, uh, nothing else. So there you go. Before you
3: know you, so it, you'll be
1: the president of the
3: United
0: you get States.
1: get on. So do you get access to uh, I was talking with Corey about this yesterday. Do you do you get access to NWS chat now that you're the uh oh Oh, assistant vice I, president or whatever yes
0: and a tattoo and a special handshake it's great a tattoo. Oh, wow. <laughs> no actually cool. i mean i get some bulletins and updates and things like that directly from them yes very good all right so hey so tonight what
1: i'm drinking uh is, you know we've got uh, baseball opening day is coming up uh, around the country and uh here in cincinnati uh opening day is a basically a national holiday but there is uh one of our brewing companies here in cincinnati is mad tree that's and they do they do a red india pale ale so a red ipa called rounding third which mm. is kind of in honor of uh joe nuxall who used to be a reds pitcher and a reds uh color commentary radio guy but uh rounding third it's an ipa it's, it's it is a little bitter i mean this this is a bitter ipa they usually are but this is definite one uh but it's just it, opening days coming so i'm excited about that joe wasn't Brady. bitter was he was he bitter Joe, no, Joe was a nice guy. No, he was not. A, that's true. Yeah. I know. He needs to have I something think. more smooth and yeah. yeah. That might be Marty. But hey, so got then we, the got, we got uh we got Brady Harris up in Columbus at Ohio State University. Brady, what are you drinking? And, and you just had uh spring break, but Oh yeah. You still oh, yeah. drinking and, margaritas
3: and <laughs> You know, I had a couple more. I had a lot more coronas than I did margaritas just because mm. the beach and you just kind of mm-hmm. have to. But so tonight I'm drinking uh, some Maker's Mark whiskey, not chugging it, it's just I'm sipping it right now. I got a, this was actually my brother you gave it. have his, opened it yet? Yeah, no, I've opened oh, it. Yeah, okay. absolutely I've opened it, it. yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm pacing myself, all right? Mm-hmm. This was actually my brother's present to me for him telling me that I'll be his best man in his
1: wedding. So
3: oh, nice.
1: here's oh. to that. Cheers, Cheers to that. I'll, Cheers. I'll drink to that. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> All right. And then we've got uh, Mark Massaro. We call him Maz, former TV meteorologist in Cincinnati. Um, Maz, what what are you drinking tonight? And you're in full Stormfront Freak yeah. Carb. I'm loving it.
2: Well, first I got my Husker's cup. Got to have that. And believe it or not, tonight I'm just having nice. water. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Oh. I'm just like, well, I wow. gave up beer for Lent, so it's it's kind of been Yeah, tough. but you had wine last a, show. Man. True. True, but you kind of ruined it when you had the whole Kroger cough medicine. You were just drinking straight <laughs> out of the thing. Hey, I was like,
1: what the heck? That that happens from time to time. Uh, and, and again, so I talked a little bit about National Weather Podcast Month, which is going on right now. Uh, we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But I had asked because uh, Dina and and uh, Kim weren't able to join us tonight, so it's this crowd of guys. So I had actually asked if Jen Naramore, who's one of the co-hosts of Tornado Talk Podcast. yeah. Uh, if she could come on, but unfortunately, she couldn't join us tonight because she's responsible for some on-air reporting of the storms going on right tonight in so Kansas, are we, Missouri. Are we chickless? We are chickless. I can checklists. get most beautiful
4: wife in the world to join us. She just Ac- you and know, and she
1: actually, goes, oh. Corey's wife is there. That is
3: true. I can talk in a really high-pitched voice if you want me to. However, <laughs> No,
1: please. Yeah. Please. Okay. But I will say this, that uh, we do have, uh, fortunately with us tonight, uh, one of the panelists from the Weather Brains podcast. He's also the National Weather Association vice president and president of the Weather Factory. This guy uh, has got t- all the titles in the world, plus he's got a huge hotel background. But uh, we got Bill Murray with us. Bill, welcome. And, and what are you drinking tonight?
4: Yeah, Bill, I've got... A, a snake handler double IPA from Good People Brewing here in Birmingham. Wow. It's a, an outstanding uh, double IPA. It was rated as one of the top 20 uh, IPAs in the country by Men's Journal and a uh, local brewery. It's really good. Uh, 103 IBUs. I don't know what that really means, but sounds good. Kinda, it's kinda British. Citrusy, yeah. And uh, it's <laughs> really good. And it's 9% alcohol by volume. I have a funny story about it. Bill Reed came and spoke to our local national weather association chapter about four or five years ago. And I took him to the local pub for dinner, Todd English pub in the West. And they have such a great beer selection. He chooses this one. Cause it was, you know, 9% really cool name. And he loved it. He had three or four of them. And, you know, the next night after the meeting, he said, uh, where are we going for dinner? I said, different place you know he said i want to go back there because i want to have that snake handler beer again so anyway <laughs> but i found out the excuse. secret for all these preachers how they handle the snakes they don't feed them and uh, apparently they get emaciated and the snakes won't strike so that's how you uh um, your out. On a <laughs> chat.
3: that would have helped. helped about a week ago when there was a snake in our outdoor shower yeah, so just don't fade really? it, Brian. Yeah. Huh? yeah, I'm pretty. Uh, it hey, made something, Bill.
1: Your 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 audio is still a little scratchy. Uh, uh-huh. If there's anything to do, but it's not bad. And then and then I'll ask you this, Corey uh, Corey Hartman, our guest tonight. Uh, not your formal introduction yet, but uh, I will ask you: Are you are, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, anything while you're well, in the car? I mean, since I'm
5: in the car, table? yeah. There's not a lot I could do, so I've got the uh, just the water here but all right, it, would, it, would, it would normally be a, a corona or jack and coke or something like that but mm. uh that probably choices. shouldn't
2: is that an open container yeah. of water that i see in your car
3: <laughs> of water <laughs> in the car
1: good one maz yeah all you right so let's so let's just do this since uh um talking about water is not the most exciting thing in the world maz and uh, uh, but anyway, uh, let's. I'm going to turn it over to you, Maz, to actually give our guest, the person we're here for tonight, a formal introduction. And all right, find out more about him.
2: Yes, a former television and radio studio engineer, Corey combined his love of weather and experience in the broadcast industry to help create Severe Studios Incorporated, as owner of the Storm Video Broker. Corey he coordinates and represents a team of over get to sixty professional storm chasers including himself of course who cover severe storms for local and national networks like the weather channel and cnn so which is your favorite the weather channel or cnn cory
5: you know i don't know if you can can you see the hat <laughs> yeah, there so oh, bam so there you go so that that's that's my favorite right so how the heck did you like
2: fall into that i mean what was the love? What was the passion? Were you like, you know, I like that, but then no, I like that. But then, I mean, so tell me about it.
5: Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. So there's not a lot of severe weather up there. But I was always, you know, kind of interested in it. And I'd watch the, the PBS specials, the chasing the wind and all of that uh, type of thing. And it was always kind of interesting. And then I would spend uh, summers on my mom's farm uh, outside of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And there it was like, you know, tornado warnings all the time. And I thought at that time, a tornado watch meant that a tornado was going to come right through my house. And, and, uh, so I, I, you know, nowadays I spend a lot of time teaching people the difference between watches and warnings and, and, uh, some climatology and, you know, the fact that tornadoes can, can pretty much happen anywhere. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I used to sleep in the basement no matter if there was even, you know, a slight chance of thunderstorms. And then once I started learning more about them, uh, then, you know, it was easier to, to, to live with them. And then, uh, I became infatuated with them. And, uh, once I started with uh, radio, uh, in South Dakota at a, at a job, uh, at a country station, uh, we did a lot of, uh, tornado coverage. And, uh, that's, uh, that's when the, uh, idea of storm chasing came to me after the Spencer, South Dakota tornado, uh, F4, uh, killer tornado. And I saw the damage of that up, uh, you know, firsthand. And I said, you know, I really need to go out and chase these things and, and help the warning process.
1: So you, so you were basically, uh, you were spinning Conway Twitty at the same time you were giving tornado
0: warnings.
5: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of Tom T. Hall and tornado warnings. So, uh, (laughs) Uh, so yeah, that was, uh, you know, I mean, the station was, it was a tiny little station, uh, north of Sioux Falls in a town called Madison, South Dakota. And it was just a, you know, tiny little three, four county coverage area. Um, but, uh, you know, weather coverage was very important to that station. And, um, you know, they did it right. They had, you know, generator at the studio generator at the tower. Uh, we even, it was in an old bank building, so they had converted the bank vault, into this uh, secure location to broadcast from. You could go in there and 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 pull this switch down and you were basically locked in and, and broadcasting whether wow. you wanted to be or not.
1: Did did they have and, a toilet in that vault too or <laughs> Oh nope. god. Okay.
5: Nope. No, you had nothing. You had uh, you had what you had and that was huh. it. So uh, you know, you take the water bottle
1: with you and, and hope for the best. But, uh, as, as I, jumped, <laughs> as I jumped on your TMI. question. Go ahead and.
2: No, oh, I was going to say wait a minute. I don't hear the accent, and you're a youper.
1: I am a youper, there, a. Eh?
5: Yeah, there it is, you know. <laughs> oh, I can bring it back at any time, just ask my wife. So what? you know, you get me and my dad and my uncle in a room and pretty soon it's yeah, we'll go down there to the Green Bay and see the Packers and stuff. <laughs> and and
3: what's, a, the, what, <laughs> what's a Uper? I'm I'm unfamiliar with that. U U P UP no. of Michigan, youpers. Okay.
5: They're the people that live in the way upper up peninsula. So uh, yeah, way
3: up they're, there.
2: They're <laughs> up in the up here in the Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, core, give us um, what is like you know on an active day. What's what's the what's a typical day look for you? You know, how do you start your day? How do you decide where to go? Who you know who are you coordinating with? What's it look like for you?
5: Right. So, I've, you know, I've got two different things that I have to do. I have to coordinate my team and then I also have to figure out where I'm going to go. And sometimes, you know, it's as good as uh, looking at what uh, Dr. Forbes puts out and and a little bit of uh, model data and away we go. But, uh, you know, really, my day starts uh, with a bunch of TV stations and even uh, national networks contacting me saying, you know, hey, we're going to have severe weather in our area. Are you going to have guys here? Are you going to be here? um and then setting all of that up trying to set up as much of that as i can ahead of time uh for the live streams and and for the local tv coverage uh and then hit the road figure out where you're going to go try to get there in time without uh getting any speeding tickets and uh and catch the tornado that's the uh you know the way we do it
3: yeah and and when you cuz i know you have a network you know of over 60 meteorologists do you necessarily ever get into cuz i know i would you know if if there was a particular spot that looked more volatile than say another spot, would you ever get into like a, an argument with someone, you know, that you want to go there? Cause I know I'd be like, you know, send me the worst area possible, but I'm sure, you know, they're professional storm chasers. So they want to be sent to the, you know, most volatile area. How does that work?
5: So last year uh obviously we had the uh the Dodge City uh outbreak and yep. uh you know the day before that was uh was Woodward Oklahoma and about half my team was in Woodward the night before including myself and so I only had about a you know hour hour and a half drive north to get to the target zone and so you know everybody in their grandma uh was <laughs> there and uh and but what I did is I tried to stay away from the, the dirt roads and the, uh, you know, the big groups of people uh, along the main highway there. I can't remember what it is, 283 or whatever it is. And and so I went about uh, 5, 10 miles east, expecting one of those storms to kind of make a right turn. And, of course, it never did. Those storms started south of Dodge City and went straight north uh, through Dodge City, fortunately kind of skipping over the town there. But then I had to kind of make a jog back, uh, closer to town, which was good because by then some people had gone in the ditch with, uh, you know, the slimy dirt uh, dirt roads in Kansas uh, that were getting wet uh, and other people had, uh, you know, gotten uh, traffic problems and all sorts of things and, and pretty soon the roads north of Dodge City, if you didn't have a four-wheel drive, you weren't getting through. So uh, we kind of took it as a as a tiered approach. Uh, some people got the the first tornado in the sequence, and some people got the second and third, and some people got the twins. And, you know, I got the uh, kind of the merry-go-round uh, storm that was going on uh, just on the west side of Dodge City and then uh, further north before the thing got rain-wrapped. Um, and so what we try to do is just kind of stage around an area. But when it's, when it's really only one small cluster of storms, you know everybody's going to be there, and then it's just kind of a, kind of a free-for-all.
2: Mm-hmm. For those of you listening in Kansas, uh, we don't think your roads are slimy. I'm just telling you that right
6: now. <laughs> no,
5: no,
2: <trust laughs> They're
5: slimy,
4: slimy roads.
5: <laughs>
4: hey, Bill, do you,
5: yes. know Corey? you know Corey?
4: Yes, we've had Corey on our show several times. Right. Oh, always, always look forward to him being on. See
5: so you like it. Probably them? banned. I've been on there too, too many times, <laughs> Black, blacklisted
4: no that could never happen what Corey does is uh, really awesome and we all enjoy it very very much so uh, yeah he's he's been on several times a couple times when we didn't really want to have him on but we had to have him on because there was a uh a tragedy of some sort and so oh, yeah you know, but th- those were not happy visits but you know um he was the right person to talk to about him.
1: MJ, do we do we have a, I thought you hey. said you maybe had a listener question. I,
0: I do, thanks. I was just going to jump in with that. I was going to say, Corey, by the way, I sort of got my start or interest in weather working for KURO in Huron, South Dakota. So uh, I kind of had a similar ah. setup to what you were talking about. So, um, Yeah, we have a listener, Mark De DeBruin, uh, who sent us a question here a week ago or so that he thought he would like to ask you and, and you've got some experience with this. So I think it's going to be a good one. He says, uh, Mark says, how does someone go about setting up ways to sell their storm chasing footage? Mm-hmm. He says he's mostly just a recreational storm chaser, but if I ever happened to get some really good footage, would I be able to sell that to media outlets?
5: Yep. Absolutely. And, and in fact, that's, uh, that's what I do. Um, and, uh, you know, for my 65 or so guys, now that I've got under contract, uh, you know, that's my, that's my main thing is the video broker. Um, and so what I do is I, I take that video and, and send it out to all of the networks and basically ask them, you know, do you want to broadcast this? If they say yes, we set a price. Uh, and then I take a, a, a small percentage, about a quarter, uh, of the of the money and uh, and pass the rest on to the chasers. So uh, we do do that for for people that are you know not storm chasers, people that just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Because uh, you know a lot of people will get tornado video that I consider to be valuable, and uh, they don't know any better. They just give it away, um, and that's kind of the last thing we want to see happen. Because not only does that uh, you know lose potential. Uh, income for that person that shot the video um but also residual income when discovery channel and some of those documentaries come and they want to buy it for the fall uh, tv season uh but then it also decreases uh the amount uh that uh that the professionals can get for their videos uh if you've got a whole bunch of people out there giving it away for free so i mean everybody's got you know multiple cameras on on every device now uh and what we want uh, people to do is realize that uh you know if they're one of those uh farmers and they've got the uh the dual wedges going by their barn uh that's probably valuable tornado video so uh they can always get in touch with uh with me or any of the other brokers out there and uh we'd be more than happy to explain how it works and 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 get them you know a few dollars for uh for what they shot so you want like
2: video and or pictures is one
5: worth more than the other or you know, video is really kind of where it's at right now, especially with how hot, you know, social media platforms are with video. Uh, currently, I know the stuff that, that we put on Facebook, uh, that's video versus pictures, uh, you know, we'll do a million views uh, really quickly uh, within about 24 hours if it's really good stuff. And so um, the eyeballs are definitely looking for the video right now and of course most of our clients are tv stations so, so they want to tell, see us, video
1: too. Tell, tell us a little bit if you can Corey, about the challenges of of trying to keep a storm video brokerage business afloat mm. because I've, I've seen some come and go and obviously there's a challenge there tell us what those challenges are and also maybe why you've been successful
5: Well, this is our 10th year. So, uh, you know, we've, we've seen quite a few come and go too. all, I'll talk about streaming for a minute because that's really, you know, how we started, uh, you know, and we had to, we had the idea for streaming a tornado live to the weather service is really where we wanted it to go. And then, um, the TV stations came and said, you know, we really want that video on our, on our TV. (laughs) And I said, well, I'll be happy to sell that to you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so that's really how the that's really how the business started. But it started, uh, you know, from the public service uh, side of things. So it's not it's not all about making the dollars. It was always about. Letting the the National Weather Service have eyes on the storm, and you know we started with a uh, with a tiny little uh, eyeball Logitech uh, camera duct taped to a dashboard, and and uh, you know using some very primitive technology uh, when we first started. But we had to wait for the cell phone networks to catch up with our idea. Uh, you know we started 2002, two thousand two, three, four, and uh, you know there was no four G, there was no three G. And, you know, there was barely there was barely one X back then. Oh, no. And so, uh, you know, it was less than that at at times. And so we really had to wait for the technology to catch up. And so uh, the leaps and bounds of technology and and people always wanting, you know, better looking video is is one big challenge. I mean, when we first started, our video was about this big on the screen. It was like, you know, 160 by 120 pixels. Uh, A postage stamp is what I called it. And people still watched it because it was live and there was a chance of having a tornado on video. Uh, But now we're all the way up to HD. We can do, you know, 720p HD with our, with our system. And that takes a lot of bandwidth. So I'm glad 4G is around and, and becoming very uh, uh, proliferated across the country. And uh, you know, I'm happy to hear that there's 5G and some other Uh, you know, upgrades to networks coming out very soon because uh, that'll make uh, our life easier. The biggest challenge, though, is the amount of traffic that we get uh, during big outbreaks. And that's trying to keep the streaming system up and then trying to just keep our websites up and running. So, you know, you've got web servers and you've got streaming servers and you have to have a lot of resources that can scale up really fast and really high but only for about 15 minutes and then bring it all back down to quote unquote normal levels. Um, And so it has taken us years and years to really perfect what we've, you know, what we're doing. And um, you know, just this year we went to a new CDN, a different, uh, content delivery network uh called pier five i got to give them a shout out because uh you know they've done some fantastic uh, things for us
1: you're starting um, to turn me on Corey. all these, <laughs> all these yeah, letters, and numbers. letters and acronyms oh, and uh,
5: geek central but uh but pier five is is a great company and they've they've helped us uh, get the video to the masses because we are we are moving a massive massive amount of of data when you know you've got somebody streaming uh you know at a a megabit per second, and that person's got 3,000 people watching, you know, you can move a, a terabyte of data over an outbreak. Wow.
2: Wow. So let me ask you real quick. So uh, so I'm, I just happen to be at the right place at the right time. I've got some cool video. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how much I can get for it. So I'm like, oh, yeah, Corey, Corey, how do, what, how do I do this? So I'm in the moment. And I'm not remembering. Yeah. How do you make it easy for me to to contact you and all that stuff? And how much can I get? Sure.
5: Well, you know that that's always the, the 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 question, right? So we'll get to the dollar amount in a minute. But as far as getting a hold of us, I mean, you know, at Corey Hartman on Twitter, Corey with the K K O R Y. Um, you can also get us Severe Studios Storm Chasers on Facebook. Um, we answer, you know, just about every viewer comment that comes in over messenger. Um, you know, you can tweet at me, you can, you know, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you gotta do. Um wow, I got will... one of
3: those. Do you really? That's <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. I'll, I'll so... send you I'll call at... I'm calling bull crap on that, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> go uh, Get it right now. You know, actually no at the break, I want you to go up and get it and prove that you have it. Uh,
5: he's leaving right now he's he's to go on
3: the
2: roof. Okay,
5: no,
3: way. He's gonna,
2: uh,
3: he's he's gonna go to
5: Try to a attach boring. a terabyte Start to its thing. leg. Yeah. <laughs> oh my but uh, but yes. Uh, <laughs> yep. Look it. No no. <laughs> it, oh, wow. There it goes.
1: All right. I just launched my carrier T Rex. Oh. <laughs> okay.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go ahead, Corey. Sorry.
5: Oh, no, that's fine. That's
1: fine. No problem. Right, I love your carrier pigeon comment. That's all. <laughs> I can relate to that more than four G, three G tx 425
5: sure, yeah well you know i mean back in the day you know so long ago uh i didn't really do a lot of texting and so i had to get a texting plan on my phone you know back when you had to pay per per message or whatever and i i did that and then all of a sudden everybody wanted to direct message me on uh, on twitter and so i got on twitter and then all of a sudden everybody wanted to get a hold of me on Skype. So I got a Skype account and now it's Facebook and you know, now it's Snapchat. God help mm. me. And uh, you know, so, I mean, we've got multiple ways of, of getting in touch. So just, uh, just uh, find us uh, one way or another. Hey Bill, uh,
1: Bill, do you got a question for Corey?
4: Yeah. I wanted to say Corey, if you talk for just a minute about El Reno and was that a game changer mm. in any way for the chasers?
1: Mm. Sure. Sure.
5: Um, you know, it's kind of a, you know, somber tune here, so I'll try to, uh, you know, make that uh, segue here uh, in my best uh, broadcaster ability. But uh, El, El Reno was a, you know, it was a horrible event, and it was really one that, you know, I don't want to say that, that woke Storm Chasers up, because I think we all already, at least the professionals, uh, even the semi-professionals and the media chasers, kind of, Understood and and respected, you know what a tornado can do. But that that tornado in and of itself, I think, is something that we're going to be studying for years and years. And to have something that that is that big, but moves that erratically, uh, accelerates, changes direction, and expands, um, you know the the tragedy that happened at El Reno was was really just a cause of how extraordinary the tornado was. I mean, the people that were doing the research uh, that died that day were the best of the best. Um, And so if anything, it just kind of reinforced what we already knew and what we kind of feared in some circles would happen someday. Uh, But, but to happen to the Samaras crew was, uh, was obviously something that, uh, you know, we were all just stunned that, um, You know, everybody's life is is sacred and important, um, but we sure thought it would be somebody a lot less experienced uh, than Tim Samaras and his crew that would uh, uh, that would ever, uh, you know, pass away from from impacts from a tornado. Uh, So I think we were all just extremely shocked. Uh, We were awestruck at what Mother Nature did that day. Uh, And, you know, it wasn't just it wasn't just them. Uh, you know, semi-trailers got tossed into the back of uh, Daniel Shaw and uh, Mike Bettis from the Weather Channel got rolled. And a lot of people who really knew what they were doing got into trouble that day. And I, I've said this on Weather Brains and, and other podcasts, and I'll say it here. I think there's video out there from El Reno that we've never seen. And I don't think the people who shot it will show it to us because there was a lot of Spotter Network icons Lot of GPS icons on that map inside of the tornadic circulation of the El Reno storm. Uh, you know, especially if you just, you know, look at some of the archives, look at the work that Skip Talbot has done, uh, look up his uh kind of breakdown on on mm-hmm. YouTube from the El Reno Tornado. I yeah. believe it's called Lessons Learned from El Reno. And uh, you know, it's over an hour, but it's worth every single second of what Skip put together on that. So um You know, it was just, it was a, uh, it was kind of a game changer for a lot of people. I know a lot of people that like to get close, uh, will stay back now. And, uh, for some people it didn't, it didn't change their mind at all because they already knew, uh, the, the potential, uh, consequences of, of chasing close to a very large tornado. It's, it's not for the, it's not for the noob, as we say.
1: No. What uh one last question for you, uh, Corey, before we move on, but what, what have been the changes that you've seen in the chasing industry, you know, over the last ten to fifteen years that you haven't been so crazy about that you're not happy about seeing those changes happening? From a technology
5: standpoint or or just from whatever. from just a
1: chasing standpoint or from a, a business technology standpoint.
5: You know, I mean the the rise the rise of social media is a double edged sword because you know we can get instant notification with pictures, you know pictures or it didn't happen kind of thing, uh, and so that that's a good thing. Um, the problem is is that just like anything else, uh, the the increase in the uh, the 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 kind of the drama and and all the things that come with uh, being so uh, two way communication with people. Um, you know, I just think that that social media has its, has it's good and it has its bad. And it's just like any other technology. Um, you know, I really do think though, uh, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I, you know, I really think that it is important work that we're doing with the live streaming of tornadoes because, you know, you can have the best TV meteorologists in the world, uh, standing in front of a map with a bunch of colored blobs on it and jumping up and down about a tornado warning. But when you can put a tornado on television and be like, that's passing the, you know, Wakita water tower, you know, uh, then people kind of take notice that, you know, oh, this is real. And it's, you know, it's really coming, coming our way. We should, we should do something with that. We got, uh, Uh, an email just a couple days ago from a radio station in Abilene, Kansas, uh, that was uh, the Abilene-Chapman wedge tornado last year, day after Dodge City. And, you know, they wrote and just said – you know, we were watching two or three different live streams with that tornado, and we were able to call out landmarks for people that were listening to the radio station. And while they weren't a client, you know, radio station's not going to buy live video, but they can watch it just like anybody else. And they were giving play-by-play of, of landmarks and roads and things that those tornadoes were passing uh, to their listeners, and they know that in this case, it actually did cause two people to go to shelter, and their farm was, uh, you know, completely... You know, wiped away, uh, yeah. so that there's direct impact there. And for for every one of those stories that we get, there's probably ten more that go uh, unreported or, right. or, you know, un unrecognized. Uh, but uh, but I think that I think that's the best
1: uh, yep. thing that has
5: come out over. And the we'll last and
1: we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that in our discussion uh, after the break. But here's what we're gonna do: it's time uh, we're gonna jump to our lightning round, and this is a speed round of fun questions for our guest. So being a storm chaser, Corey, we're going to play, I'm calling this Think Like a Freak. Uh, Think Like a Stormfront Freak. And what we're going to do is, so you're a storm chaser. We're going to travel through Tornado and Dixie Alley. And uh, this is from food.com. What they did is they they came up with the signature dish for every state. But we're just going to cover the states, uh, some of the states in Tornado and Dixie Alley. Okay, all right. and what their signature dish is. So here's how we're going to play the game. I need all the freaks, uh, all the freaks. <laughs> and, Bill, you are a freak this time. Woo-hoo. I uh, thought so, I need by the you way. if you got Welcome a sheet of paper, you got some paper, something to write with. It's kind of somewhat a match game style, what we're going to do. But here's what I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you the signature dish. And I want all the freaks, I want you to write down what state, either in Tornado or Dixie Alley, you think it's associated with. Mm. And then, Corey, I'm going to go to you. You tell me what you think it is. Your your goal is to try and match as many freaks as possible. So there might be a dish that you know belongs to a certain state, but maybe it sounds like it belongs to a different state, and you think all the freaks are going to think of that one.
2: What's Mm. the abbreviation for Guam? Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They haven't been added to Dixie Alley quite yet. All right, all right, just check. <laughs> they, they they need to be added to the Union first, and then gotcha. I think they'll yeah. be added. We don't own to them, Dixie Alley. So, all right. So, so here's what we're gonna do. So, I'm gonna give you the dish. I'm gonna give you just a couple seconds to, for for the freaks. You got to be quick on this to write down what state in tornado or Dixie Alley it might be associated with, and then I'll start with Corey, and then all the freaks. Uh, you're gonna hold up your uh, what state it was. Sound good? Yep. We're ready to roll. Here we go. Uh, I'm going to start. We'll we'll start with an easy one first. Key lime pie. Key lime pie. What state is that a signature dish in? Key lime pie. And I'm going to go ahead, uh, Bill. What what state? uh, No no no. I'm sorry. I got to start with Corey. Corey. I blew it already. Corey. (laughs) What state? I, nice. I'm going
5: to I'm going to go with Florida. You know,
1: it's not really a dick alley per se, but Okay. Uh, so, so you say Florida. So Bill let's hit you. What do you say Florida? I say Florida too. Very good. All Excellent. Right. All right. Uh that's one uh Brady. I said Georgia. i not
3: sure why, Brady. but it just it just sounded correct.
6: All right. Uh,
3: Baby, uh,
1: peach peach uh, Yeah, uh, yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah. All
1: right. Uh <laughs> MJ. <laughs>
4: Here we go. <laughs> there we go. There we Florida.
1: go Florida. That's two. And then Maz, what do you got? I
2: have uh South Carolina. No, no, I have Florida.
0: I no, have... <laughs> uh, all
1: right. So you got two. You got two on that one. Here we go with the next one. Deep dish pizza. Deep dish pizza. What state in either Tornado or Dixie Alley is that most associated with? Deep dish pizza. You know, All right, Corey, really gotta, what do you think?
5: You really got to, you know, uh, give a definition to where uh, Tornado Alley is. Well, gonna, well, that's true.
1: That's true. <laughs> I'm
3: going to go with, uh, with uh, Illinois.
1: Illinois. All right, Illinois. So we're going to go, Brady. Let's start with you first.
3: Yeah, I said Illinois as well. And, and that, I mean, it's. Tornado Alley, you know, it's not necessarily, they don't get the most,
1: but. Well, they, they get up there. All right, MJ, what do you got? So that's one. I had
0: no idea, so I put Kansas. Mm. Not, all right. All right. I you knew just, a
1: dish there. All right, uh, Maz. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> all right. Not bad. Not We got two, and then uh, Bill.
4: I'd have to say El Nino Alley.
1: Yeah. Alley. Very good. Oh, got, All right, the so we, got, we got three, three out of that one. All right, here we go. or who
4: in Chicago? Which one would you pick?
1: Uh, ooh. What was the question? I. Where in Chicago? Which
4: dish in Chicago would you pick? What? what so the The choices? <laughs>
1: G, 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 <laughs> Giordano, right? Isn't that one of them?
4: Giordano, yeah, Giordano's, absolutely.
1: That's that's pretty good. I like I like Giordano's. All right, next one. Uh, let's go with this one. Ooh, that, that's borderline Tornado Alley, but I'm going to do it anyway. Tater Tot Hot Dish. Ooh. Tater that's, Tot Hot Dish. That's what state super is that easy. most associated with? All right, Corey, Corey. Minnesota.
0: <laughs>
1: All right, we got Minnesota. So let's go with MJ. What do you got, MJ?
0: I got Minnesota.
1: Serious? Oh. Minnesota. Very good. Uh, Maz. Man, I
2: was born there, too, but anyway.
1: I had Oklahoma. <laughs> I
0: anything. Yeah,
1: thanks a lot. <laughs> Not quite, Bill.
6: Minnesota.
4: I'm going
1: Colorado.
6: <laughs> tater,
1: I don't think they know. Coloradoans even know a tater tot Hut. I don't know if you've ever been to Telluride. There was a
4: place on the corner that always had the best tater tots I ever Really? Ate,
1: so. really? Hmm. Well, Tater Tots and Tater Tot Hot Dish, those are two different things. <laughs> yeah, Brady, what did you right have? Did
3: yeah, Bill, you know, that's exactly why I picked Tennessee. I oh. a place Tennessee
1: the best Tater Tots oh I've this
4: ever
3: had.
1: Oh, right in Nashville. Oh, my goodness. All right, here we go. Next one. We got fried green tomatoes. Oh,
4: my goodness.
1: Fried right. green tomatoes. What Ew. state in Tornado or Dixie Alley, Corey, would you say that goes to?
0: Me, me, me.
5: Oh, I, th- I think that's going to have to
1: be Georgia, right? Georgia? Okay, like so he says Georgia. Uh, we are going to start with Maz. Maz, what do you think about that one?
2: I'm going, whoops, South Carolina.
1: One of these that, times, it's going to be South that Carolina. Is, that is incorrect. <laughs> Bill? Bill, what would you say?
4: I'd say Alabama, the fried green tomatoes are so, about a mile away from my house.
1: You're, uh, so you're say, say, that that the correct answer. However, that did not match. Well, no, i uh, <laughs> uh, But that was the correct answer. Brady, what did you say? Roll Tide, baby. Roll Woo-hoo. Tide,
3: Alabama. Hey, hey Brady, look. Okay.
4: you got to look. I've got my American Alabama, Allstate Sugar Bowl. Ohio State Buckeyes from two years. Wait a years second!
3: Wow. Have Alabama oh, and Ohio State on the same cup.
4: Yeah, they played in the Sugar Bowl, you know, three years ago. Oh, well, okay. Not okay. the way I wanted, but um. Anyway, I still honor it.
1: Brady, by the way, okay. you didn't match Corey on that one. <laughs> uh, MJ, what did you come up with?
0: I'm sorry, we're all over the map. I had Mississippi.
4: Okay.
1: Are y'all are aiming all around. That that was Alabama. All right, we're gonna do one more uh, since we didn't do so good on that one. Um, <laughs> let's see. Let's go with barbecued beef brisket. Oh, that's easy. Barbecued oh, got that beef one. brisket.
5: Find uh, Corey, paper. what would you say? I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's gotta be Missouri because of uh, Kansas
1: City barbecue. My favorite. Okay. So you say Missouri. Uh, Bill, we're going to go with you. What would you say?
4: I I might be correct, but I'm going to miss.
1: Wow. Uh, You you would be correct. It was Texas. However, you did not match. Uh, Brady, what did you You have? You know, I'd
3: say say down in the bayou, down in good old Mississippi.
1: <laughs> that was not correct. MJ
3: yeah, Ray Southern there.
0: regional geography. So, yeah. so it was, yeah. for me, it was between Texas and I didn't pick it. So I said Missouri.
1: Oh, wow. Well, that matches. And that's the game we're playing is match game. So, uh, and Maz, what did you have?
2: So it doesn't matter if you're right. Is that this game?
1: You're trying. Corey signed a match. That, it only
2: matters comes. if I'm right. That's I know. the only thing. I, right.
4: Right. I had. Uh, uh
1: Louisiana, is that Los yeah. Louisiana. <laughs> Louisiana that would be like gumbo right. or something let's man. let's oh finish them off i'm going to finish them off and just go around the horn uh Amish sugar cream pie what state anybody oh
4: my goodness Iowa
1: Iowa Iowa yeah no that would be indiana how about corn dog? Uh, corn oh yeah corn Iowa dog. corn Iowa that that's correct corn huskers how about gumbo Wait. i heard Louisiana that right. Louisiana how about this one? Fried ravioli.
4: St. Louis, Missouri. Italy.
1: Oh, Italy. Yeah. That, is, that is Missouri. How no, about this one? You should be heavier. I don't know. I'm hey, Ma- Ma- not. <laughs> age. Can you tell? <laughs> uh, Maz, Maz, here's one for you. Runza. What is Runza? Oh, oh
2: that's Nebraska. God.
1: Yeah. I don't even know what the hell that is. What is <laughs> awesome?
2: You got to try it when you go to Nebraska. It's like a you fast get the food runs when
4: you deal. eat it,
5: though. No, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's good.
1: All right, uh, uh, what do we got here? Chicken fried steak. Anybody on that one? Tennessee. Tennessee? That? Yeah. No, that would be uh, that'd be Oklahoma. Oh, Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky. Uh, the last one. Uh, last one. This is for you, Corey. Beer battered cheese curds.
6: Wisconsin. Ooh.
1: Wisconsin, is- baby. Ooh. Oh yeah. Another borderline tornado alley stand, but we'll go yeah, with that. of
0: yeah. those were borderline.
1: But, but, yeah. all right. Hey, Corey, let me ask you this. You ever been out storm chasing or spotting storms, and people were just kind of wondering why you were going towards the storm oh. and people were coming away? You ever had, and you <laughs> kind of felt a little naked? Like, you, yeah, all, you, yeah, people yeah, all were looking at you funny. <laughs>
6: <Yeah. I'm> so, <laughs> <Yeah. long laughs> so
1: here's the thing so feel naked no more because Severe Weather Center and WeatherProShop.com, they literally have you covered. Uh, they got a sky, uh, stylish skyworn clothing line of performance material shirts. They got these. Check out this new era flex fitted wow. caps that say wow. Storm Chaser on them. These are really sweet. Uh, nice. Or better yet, really? show the world you're on official business. Let weatherproshop.com do the heavy lifting. They'll actually create for your chase team or your spotter or organization uh, custom apparel. And photo IDs. And the other thing that's kind of cool, though, because we have a lot of spotters and chasers that listen and watch to our show, Um, they've got these great uh, NOAA sourced quick reference training guides. Uh, And I've got a couple examples. One of them, which I just love, this is probably my favorite, is it lists uh, the east side of the US and the west side of the US, all the National Weather Service WFOs. Oh, nice. And their spotter uh, telephone numbers to call. So if you're out chasing and you're in an area maybe a little different from what you're used to, there's some spotter numbers with the maps of what area that that covers. I think that was great. They've got um, some reference materials on hail. So you can, if you're out and about and you want to measure hail, see how close it is. They've got some uh, uh, reference materials. All these is are that, laminated. Is that to scale? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is actually to scale. <laughs>
2: Do you just hold it over it? Yeah. I love that. yeah, and it says awesome. cool. if it's
1: like golf ball size and then what size that is, because obviously you don't want to report that to the National Weather Service. And then uh, those of you, too, they got some reference material on radar and tornado debris signatures and how to read that, um, some great materials. So all of those, if you're a spotter, net controller, chaser, great stuff. You can see it all at uh, weatherproshop.com. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Our podcast listeners are going to hear the latest edition of our new Titans U Minute with Chris Sanner uh, featuring Storm Chasing Tips. And our raw viewers, uh, those of you watching now, you're going to see us doing what we do on breaks, which is drink some more and talk crap, I guess. But hey, either way, don't leave. We're going to be right (laughs) back with Corey and the team to discuss getting Storm video footage to the public and maybe what the drawbacks might be to that.
6: And now it's time for the Titan U Minute with Chris Sander. Ah oh, yes, spring is in the air and storm season is upon us. Soon model images with all sorts of weird acronyms are going to be filling your social media feeds. And if you are confused, I don't blame you. So let's talk about models and severe weather. First, if anyone sounds super specific more than a few days out, they're lying. Either to themselves or to you. Models change a lot, even in the day leading up to an event. Have you ever went to sleep expecting to wake up to beautiful sun, only to have a ton of storms everywhere? Every storm chaser who's been around long enough has. And those days are always the most frustrating. Everything in place, but yet there's no instability due to morning storms persisting all day. Yeah, I'm not bitter okay anyways another thing to keep in mind when it comes to models is that they're simply tools it takes real weather know-how to take models plus observations plus a preferred form of voodoo to come up with a weather forecast so while a model may be showing something it may be one of many things showing many things But my general rule of thumb is simple. If all models are showing something, then something may just happen, unless it doesn't. Significant model errors do happen after all. Sound complicated? That's because it is. Models are a tool to get started on your path toward a forecast, but it's one of many. As with all tools, models have their place in your toolbox. Just don't use a screwdriver to hammer in a nail. For more severe weather education, including a new series called Storm Anatomy 101, which breaks down the different parts of severe thunderstorms in a simple and easy-to-understand manner. Visit TitanU at TornadoTitans.com. Also, follow Tornado Titans on your favorite social media network. Simply search for Tornado Titans, and you'll find us. We'll see you next time.
1: All right. Welcome back. Uh, I'll tell you what, let me go ahead and set up the discussion we want to talk about. So uh, several studies have been done and every, uh, a lot of people know this. We just recently had Dr. Laura Myers on the show, Bill, I know you've had her on the show a number of times on weather brains, but um, you know, studies have been done that, that show that people are most likely to act to a coming storm, whether this is a tornado, a hurricane uh, you know things like that they 're most likely to act if they see the actual footage and destruction near them or in their neighborhood and Corey, you were talking a little bit about that already that that people react when they see that so how the question I want to start talking about is how do we get that video footage in the right hands so that the public can get it but but what are the drawbacks if if this is some mass effort being done to try and get all this video footage, get it to the right sources, whoever those might be that are going to be able to get that to the public. Um, you know, whether that's local TV stations or national TV stations or online TV, I mean, whatever it might be, what are also maybe some of the drawbacks to that?
5: Yeah. So, I mean, one of the challenges right now is the fact that there are so many channels and and people's attention is being pulled I mean, multiple ways, you know, uh, 20, 30 years ago, you, you tuned to the, the one guy in town that was given the, the best uh, severe weather coverage locally. And uh, if you got the video to that guy, then, uh, you know, uh, everybody would see it. Now uh, there's a tension split between television, cable, satellite, Internet, live streams, social media. I mean, people are are splintered. Uh, the audience is fractured in so many different ways that you really have to try to be everywhere, and so that is that is sometimes difficult to to be on every single platform and every TV station and every cable channel and every uh, Roku channel that uh, that people could be watching uh, at the time, and so um, you know I kind of wish that uh, the the wireless alerts that go out on everybody's cell phone that uh, we could attach something to that. Uh, uh, But of course then you're using bandwidth and there's probably all sorts of uh, legal difficulties there, but uh, uh, you know, really just the fractured audience, uh, people just being multiple different places is really the, the hard way to, to get that to people. But if you are the TV station that everyone tunes to in the market I really think that you have to have live chasers. You really have to have that live content. You have to have something else to to cut to uh, besides the the guy uh, pointing at the map. Uh, the guy pointing at the map is important too, and the uh, the, you know, the eye contact and everything with the with someone that the people trust is important, but then you also have to to show the goods and it doesn't have to necessarily be the tornado that's affecting their town but if it's a day where big tornadoes are expected if you can show them one from another town in the state and and say you know hey this just went through 30 miles north of you if we say there's a tornado warning and we've got a pretty good idea there's a tornado there this is the type of tornado it could be uh and you know it's it's kind of like scaring the old ladies a little bit but you know you kind of have to show people what is possible Today, not just what your radar shows.
2: I agree, and I will tell you, every TV station has their reporters go out, and you know they're good at what they do and reporting. But when it comes to the weather side of things, a lot of times it's like, "What's going on where you are?" Well, it's kind of drizzling here, you know. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" (laughs) Yeah, you know, (laughs) where if the stations, I think the big stations that get a, you know, a a small to medium sized team of chasers will dominate that market. They will totally take over.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well,
5: and I had a uh, I had a conference call uh, a little bit earlier this afternoon uh, with one of the bigger TV groups uh, in the country, and what they were doing was a, a severe weather seminar, and it was very nice of them to bring me in on that to talk about how to actually send out your reporters and photographers as opposed to storm chasers you know they need Mm -hmm. the chasers too. the they need the experienced guys that'll actually get a live stream or video of a tornado but if you're going to send reporters out you know they have to have some basic radar training and they need to have you know uh, a radar app on their phone and they probably need to have some communication with somebody back at the station that knows what's going on because they need to say stay situationally aware and that's one of the things that that sometimes, you know, they're either going to go out and get themselves hurt or they're never going to see anything other than the drizzly rain cloud.
3: Right, right. Yeah. Guys, I I definitely agree with both of you. I think video has done a lot in terms of really giving people a heads up because people, you know, people nowadays hear tornado, especially in Ohio, people hear tornado warnings and they think, oh, it's just another false alarm. So I think video is very, very important. And I agree with all your points about having chasers, um, having as many chasers as you can. Um, experienced chasers in an area is really valuable to keeping people safe. Another thing though, we have to think about is, you know, if people get used to this, is that dangerous? Because, you know, what if there's a tornado that's on the ground where we don't have video, then people just assume, Hey, there's, you know, there's no tornado. It just becomes another false alarm. So I think that, you know, that is a not necessarily a potential drawback, but something we have to think about as well is people might come become dependent on the video. And if they don't see the video, then it, you know, it just ends up working against them, just like the tornado warning might.
1: Bill, Bill, what are your thoughts on that and, and where that's going as far as trying to get that stuff either to uh, TVs, uh, local TV stations, or should should the National Weather Service at all get involved with trying to get that footage out to the public? We're going
4: to be lucky if we even have a National Weather Service here before long. True. So, <laughs> But I, April 27th was our red letter day obviously and video set the tone from the first tornado on when the coleman tornado showed up on our sky cam everybody's awareness level ratcheted up and then john Olshew in the field sent video from sumter county of what would be the tuscaloosa to birmingham tornado and that put everybody in that corridor on alert and by the time that tornado appeared on the tuscaloosa sky cam uh, we knew we had a bad, bad problem. So yeah, video makes all the difference in the world. Corey, what are you seeing in the in the in the more wooded, you know, hilly type areas, uh, the southeast areas that are heavily forested? Are stations having as much luck getting you know, chaser teams out in the field and bringing back video?
5: I mean, not really, you know, down there, it's, it's probably a damage chase for them. Uh, you know, we get to see a lot of tops of mesocyclones over the trees, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but not a lot of uh, of tornado video, unless you are watching it cross over a, a highway corridor, an interstate corridor where there's, the trees are kind of cleared out, that sort of thing. Or you can get, uh, I hate to say it, into a town, or maybe it's near an airport or something, something where you have at least a little bit of uh, a vantage point and some clearing to see what's, what's coming your direction. But, you know, a lot of times in the Southeast, it practically has to hit the chaser before you realize it's there. And that's, that's super dangerous, but there's been a few people that have been successful and obviously TV stations down there with tower cams have, have been successful as well.
1: MJ was there, um,
0: I, I want to make sure we ask this question. I think we've got a listener question for Corey. We we do. Yeah, thanks. Um, Corey, Barry Gray, our friend, uh, asks the question, if there are any new upgrades coming from Severe Studios.
5: Sure. So, I mean, we talked about our content delivery network a little bit uh, earlier, and that's kind of the geeky side. But the, the cool thing that's coming is uh, my partner with uh, Zoom Radar is uh, coming out with Android and iOS apps, and they – Android app is currently in the app store. So if you go to your uh, Google app uh, store and, uh, or uh, Google play store, I should say, and uh, search for zoom radar, you will see the, the new app there. And what's cool about that is you can turn on the chaser layer and watch the videos right from your phone or tablet device, which is something that uh, we've been asked for for a couple of years now. We've finally been able to make that happen. The, uh, the iOS Uh, The Apple side of things takes a couple weeks longer. Uh, They're a little more particular, I guess, about putting things in in their store. And so that's going to take a little bit for iOS. But the Android Zoom Radar app is available right now. And be gentle. It's new. Uh, It's a new thing for us, and uh, there's a lot of different devices out there. So uh, uh, this is kind of like a 1.0 version, but uh, for a lot of people, it's working great. And uh, uh, at Severe Studios, ourselves, we'll be putting out uh, a basic stream app here uh, for Android uh, in a few weeks as well. So really, we're going after the mobile users this year.
2: Hey, Corey, we were talking in episode 22 uh, about VR, is there anything in the works with virtual reality and the whole 360 and
5: all that? Absolutely. So uh, last year we had a project with the Weather Channel uh, to go out and, and get 360 video. We were successful. Uh, well, when during the project we got 11 tornadoes. Three of those had successful 360 video. Wow. Uh, and when I say successful 360, I mean both 180-degree cameras that are paired up uh, were operating properly. The clips were able to be synced and stitched. And there's there's really a ton that goes into getting high-quality 360 immersive video. There's people that'll that'll go out and get 360 video, and it is uh, uh, you know you got the black ball at the top and the bottom and that sort of thing. But the immersive video is uh, is something that is definitely not super easy to do. And so we were successful uh, a couple times last year uh, doing that as far as live is concerned. Uh, that's, that's a whole lot harder to do and takes a lot more bandwidth for sure. Oh,
0: cool.
1: I don't, uh, and, and I hate uh, cutting that discussion topic. Sure. We didn't have a whole lot of time uh, to go through that, but we are on a little bit of a time schedule. So we'll have to maybe continue that. Um, uh on another show so bill and cory will probably ask you back again but we always want our listeners tell us uh tell us what you guys think you can comment by email at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com uh, we always like to share some of those on on our next show we're gonna what we're gonna do from a time schedule we're gonna go ahead and take our final break so listeners can hear brady's storm school but the rest of you watching Go ahead and refill your drinks, and when we come back, it'll be time for Weather Fools and WX Resources. This is Storm
3: School, where together we'll take an in-depth look into certain weather phenomenon, why they happen, where they happen, what causes them. Some topics we'll cover, well, things you might have never heard before or things you've heard a lot. Welcome to Storm School. Class is in session. Hello once again, guys. I'm Brady, and on this week's episode of Storm School, I'm going to get into allergies, pollen, and exactly what effect that the weather has on your allergy and your pollen forecast. Oftentimes, you'll hear a meteorologist on the TV giving you a pollen report as well. The reason for that is because the weather and... Say, you know, the blooming of the trees and plants in the spring and as well in the fall has a lot to do with each other. So, let's first, um, you know, usually when are the peak um, allergen times? Um, So, in the southeast, it's usually in early April, April into May, and then really it kicks up into the Midwest in Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Um, It kicks up in early May into the middle of May. That's really the peak times when you see a lot of these allergens like tree pollen, like um, pollen from plants as well. That's really when you get really bad allergies into those areas. And then finally into the upper Midwest, um, the northern parts of the United States into Maine in early june that's really when you see the peak of their season. So it, you you really kind of recognize or you can really kind of see a trend in the allergens and basically what season they occur in. So, you know, the more south you go, the earlier they occur and that's because you get warmer temperatures at earlier parts of the season. So that, you know, temperature really has a big deal or a big deal basically in terms of when these plants are going to bloom. So the longer more prolonged period of You know, warm temperatures, say above 60 or 70 degrees, is when that's when you get earlier blooms. So take, for instance, this past February that we had... We had very warm temperatures in a majority, at least the eastern half of the country. And so we actually saw some plants and trees start to bloom. There was an article talking about Washington, D.C. Their cherry blossom was expected to bloom at a record pace. I think that has backed off a little bit now because there's actually going to be a record cold blast that's going to come in over the next, you know, by the time you guys listen to it, it'll be two, you know, a week or two ago. Um, But there could actually be a significant snowstorm as well. So, you know on seasons where you have really warm prolonged warm you know early season like February into March warmth that lasts a long time that's when you get those early blooms that you can actually have pollen into March but if you get a cold blast like what the East is gonna get here in the next week um, or this past week that would by the time you guys have been listening to it that can really, Delay pollen and allergen forecast because that fr- it's going to come through and freeze all of those buds. Basically, all of that pollen-producing um, trees and plants is going to kill all of their blooms. So that is actually going to delay the allergy season to probably more normal time. So as you can see, it's very heavily related to the temperatures. And if you have a prolonged warm period or a mild winter, especially towards the end of the winter, you're definitely going to see earlier allergy, peak times, but if you have a prolonged cold winter, you know, that lasts into March where it's very cold, you have temperatures below 50, below 40, even below 30 where you have freeze warnings in effect, that's when you're really going to kill a lot of those blooms and you're really going to delay that allergen time. Now, in terms of exactly what allergies we expect in the spring, um, it's basically tree pollen um, from March and then going into April. Um, you still have tree pollen up there, and that's basically in plant pollen as well, coming from plant sources. That's into March and April and May. You have some mold as well that comes out. So those of you that are um, vulnerable to allergies, you're definitely going to want to keep an eye on the weather. It does look like this freeze could kill and delay some you know, allergy season, which is good but then you know i was looking at some forecasts some have march the end of march being very warm which could actually cause you know another early bloom which could you know increase those allergy levels so that's kind of the basic gist behind predicting whether you're going to have increased allergies or decreased allergies and whether you're going to have to break out the tissue box more this year all right cool guys let's get back to the podcast Welcome back to the podcast, guys. It's time for everyone's favorite part of the podcast, Weather Fools. We're basically going to be talking about some something silly or something stupid that someone, I'm just going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it here, something stupid that someone might have done the past week or two with regards to the weather. So hey, I love,
1: Brady, I love how when you talk, you're like looking out, somewhere <laughs> this is, i'm glad you're not, being, you're not that's being you're not just... being a tv meteorologist because you never look hey. at the camera you're like Damn looking man. off well here's the it deal works. when i you're when great I talk, for audio
3: What? Well, yeah when i talk it's just I, I just like to look off like i'm looking into space because that's Deep. Deep. and it works it's oh. it works i'm it. a dreamer phil i'm a dreamer all right so, um, first, Bill, let's take away. What is your weather fool this week?
4: Well, my weather fool this week is an easy one. Uh, Governor Chris Christie of New Jersey with his comments. After
3: oh, winter wait, what? Storm
4: Stella.
3: Unbelievable.
4: Uh, yeah, you know. That's I, I mean, mine, too. How soon That's they mine, too. It? Oh, no. We have a unanimous weather fool.
3: I think That's the, fir- <laughs> the, I- I'll the first. I'll tell you what. First time ever. We've so been doing is. this for 23 episodes, and that's never happened. we got to have some sort of sound effect or some sort of a, applause for that. because that's- <laughs> oh, Well, I'm, I'm
1: trying to share my screen, and now we're doing, uh, we're doing applause. Woo-hoo. I, I can't do all that at the same time. Uh, that's all right. That's all right. That, that is a first. We've never had a unanimous weather fool. So either it's been a slow couple weeks, or there's just obviously no one who's a bigger weather fool. Than Governor Chris Christie. So I I guess for our, our listeners and viewers that don't know, Bill, tell us uh I guess what he did and why that was well, the issue. You
4: guys know. I mean, Gary Zukowski up there at Mount Holly is one of the best MICs in weather service history, probably. And yeah, you know, they, they went through Hurricane Sandy, I think a lot of the stuff that the Weather Service did during that, you know, was fantastic. And for him to get up there and say, you know, have the nerve to say that He's about had it with the National Weather Service, and it's like, you know, come on, please, so anyway he he wins my nomination this week
1: yeah I can't I can't imagine and not, now granted I, I think everybody for the most part can understand a little frustration being a part of the general public, sometimes yeah, you know getting a certain forecast and it's and it's not on and i I get that, I really do. But I'll tell you, I agree with you, Bill. If you're an elected official, you don't say that crap. No. What What makes you –
3: oh, my goodness. Yeah, think about the credibility. I mean, think about next time, you know, what that does to the National <laughs> Weather Service. If anyone is, a you know, a fan of Chris Christie, next time they're not even going to pay attention to the forecast. And, you know, that's even more catastrophic. You know, when people don't pay attention to forecasts, forecast, that's when people get hurt. That's why he's my weather fool this week as well, just because it's <laughs> – I mean, oh my god, what a bozo. What a bozo. That's all I can say. But all right, well we'll post uh, we'll post the links and the notes to that on our website stormfrontfreaks.com. And Maz, I believe we have some weather resources, is that right?
2: Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Brady. Yeah, weather resources, places you can find some of the latest technology, cool gadgets any of the above that's obviously dealing with weather. And, uh, Bill, hey, you had it last time. <laughs> go ahead and do it this time, too. What wow. do you got?
4: <laughs> I, I feel really special being on the show. You guys are, are amazing, and y'all, y'all let me go first every time. But uh, today was World uh, Meteorology Day, and uh, the WMO has um, is actually seeking uh, folks to come along and put on their pictures for the new International Cloud Atlas. That hasn't been published since the 1980s, and they're going to do wow. one online. And so you can actually uh, submit your photos of clouds and they've already got a ton of them on there. So uh, my pick of the week, uh, which is your weather resource, and it translates into the same thing is the uh, WMO International Cloud Atlas. Bill, I had one of those from the 1980s. It was on my wall.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
4: You know, I would kill to have one of those. I wish I could find it on uh, eBay.
5: So
2: when you say kill,
4: how much are we talking
2: <laughs> I don't know Way to go, man. All <laughs> right, hey Phil, what do you have?
1: All right, so uh my weather uh resource actually uh just came up the, uh, just came up as I was putting together uh our fun little lightning round uh with Corey um basically figuring out where a lot of the tornadoes and things like that tend to historically happen. And so this is the NOAA uh, historical records and trends page. And what's great about this is this is where I found uh, when, because I'm we're potentially looking at heading out to uh, Tornado Alley for uh, the storm chase season, maybe spending a little time out there. I might be able to get my wife to come with me. I'm not sure yet. But it gave me an opportunity to look to see historically uh, what month and what weeks of the month for example a lot of the tornadoes historically tend to happen so there's just so much historical data on tornadoes whether it's tornado alley dixie alley what parts of the country it happens there's great maps to see where this is happening how many uh like there's an average uh, which which states tend to have the most tornadoes and when there's just great resources historically from data for uh, tornadoes, so this is the uh, NOAA historical records and trends website uh, that we'll post.
2: That's cool. I like that. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. How about Brady? What do you got?
1: Well, uh, so my
3: weather resource this week. So by the time this show airs, it'll have already have happened. But it's the uh, 2017 Severe Weather Symposium at. The Ohio State University. Um, there's going to be a lot of really cool speakers. Um, and the reason why I bring it up, <clears throat> sorry, the reason why I bring it up is because we actually might have a video link. I'm pretty sure that we're going to have someone videotaping it this year that people can rewatch after it's over. Um, so there's going to be Greg Forbes um, for the yeah. Weather Channel. A lot of you probably know of him. Um, Seth Benue, who is basically he's the, um, the science director at the National Weather Service office in Wilmington. Ariel Cohen, who is an SPC meteorologist, he actually went to Ohio State, and he's just fantastic. Um, so there's going to be a lot of really, really cool speakers covering a lot of really, really interesting topics. Um, anyone that likes weather and has a pulse is going to love it. So
1: I, I will add a couple things I'm going to add to that. Number one, one of the other speakers is a friend of the show, Jay Farlow, yep. uh, who's in Indiana, and he's really helped a lot of the podcast weather podcasts out with his National Weather Podcast Month. So a little shout-out to him. And Maz, I think you're going to have a presence there, correct? Hey. The presence? I love presents. <laughs> <laughs> <Kind of> autographs. <laughs> presents! Yeah, which you know, is
2: so, why I have all of my gear on here and the all the Stormfront Freaks. You're going to sleep it. in it tonight and head over at in the morning. Yeah. You better believe it. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not even going to shower, just like Brady. That? Gross. Hey, <laughs> you know
3: what? I shower at least once a day. So, bam. Good to know. (laughs) Hey, all these resources, by the way, are going to be posted
2: on stormfrontfreaks.com. So you can check everything out the weather fools, the weather resources, everything. And Hey, aren't we getting close to going platinum or something, uh, Phil with the number of people subscribed?
1: Uh, I think we got another ten years to go to get to weather brains, weather brains
3: level. Platinum even mean? I'm not even sure if that's. We got we got got to suck it up and find a way to survive for
0: hundred people. people. Yeah, hundred people.
1: (laughs) All right, MJ. What do we have for listener questions or comments?
0: Hey, we had uh, Chris White chimed in tonight uh, about our conversation with uh, Corey. Says per the TV station use of Chaser video, there are two stations here in Virginia that use chasers with severe studios. So cool, um, cool. That's, that's cool to know. And, uh, and our friend, Jimmy, who we've heard from a couple of times, uh, chimed in after our last show and he was wondering about our posting the podcast. And so I thought I'd explain to everybody again, just real quick. When we do the live video on Thursday, every other Thursday night, then we uh, take that video afterwards. We chop it up and package it into the podcast. And it takes us a couple of days to do that because, you know, most of us have uh, day jobs and uh, so then we try to get that out uh, on the weekend. Usually by Sunday uh, is when we get that out. So that just explains to Jimmy and the rest of the folks how we do that. We have jobs. That's <laughs> what some of us do. Wow, it's more like an adventure. If I
1: have school. I have to do a lot of that reading. It? That's
0: true. That's cool. All right, that. so I'll
1: tell you that that about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast and Stormfront Freaks Raw. Thank you so much for listening and watching. We really appreciate it, and hope you enjoyed as much as we do. If if you do enjoy the show, we always ask leave us a review on iTunes, uh, so other people can find us. Special thanks again to our guest Corey Hartman, but a special thanks to our National Weather Podcast Month guest co-host Bill Murray. Uh, Bill, do me a favor, and I I I don't think really many people that would be listening or watching us. That don't already know about the Weather Brains, but tell us a little bit about the Weather Brains podcast.
4: Well, we love doing what we do just for the fun of it. You know, it's sort of our creative outlet on Monday nights. We've been doing it for over 12 years now. We're approaching our 600th episode. Um, You know, we started out just sort of talking amongst ourselves for 30 minutes you know, before you knew it, it was 45 minutes and then it was an hour. And by then we were inviting really cool guests. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but Jack Williams and uh, Tom Skilling were our first two really big guests. Wow! And uh, then we, you know, just kind of tried to keep that tradition going. And, um, you know we just had some of the most incredible you know minds and weather on the show and I love you know just thinking about the alarm I used to have a bell that I would ring till span made me stop ringing you know anytime he <laughs> you know mention an alarm I'd hit this bell and like, what that is that incessant that ringing? ringing you know stop it Murray God, and it's still <laughs> ringing in his ears today yeah <laughs> is that, and it is, no, and is so that we, still just, you? we just love it you know we love doing what we do
1: well, hey, we appreciate you having on having us on the show, Bill. And and definitely, I mean, the Weather Brains podcast uh, you know, I think led the way for a lot of us uh, as far as being something to try and model something uh from Emulate what you guys. Is the word. Emulate. Isn't that great is though? You show. know, it's
4: like you know, you used to have Bud Light and you know Bud and Bud Light. And then you start getting all these cool, really craft beers and now, God, you thank know, God. more demand, you know, for, you know,
1: for So, so are you saying you guys are the Bud and Bud Lights of the Weather Podcast? Yeah, yeah
4: we're the Bud Lights and you guys are the snake <laughs> Handlers. We love but it. the blue
3: <laughs> wow. I like me Blue we're bitter. Over here and that. We bitter, Well, just we're
1: as as for all of our listeners and viewers, uh, as a part of National Weather Podcast Month, Don't forget to check out the other participating shows besides Weather Brains and Stormfront Freaks. Uh, There's the Weather Junkies, those guys go. We had Dakota Smith on a couple weeks ago. They they go on right before us every Thursday. There's Tornado Talk, which is great historical stuff on past tornado outbreaks and wish we could have had Jen on this evening. Uh, There's Weather Hype, uh, some great social science uh, weather podcast material. Ice Station Houseman, which is some great conversation uh, and some uh, intriguing weather conversation. There's the Carolina Weather Group, and those guys have been doing that for a while as well, and uh, we're looking forward to having some of us on their show in a week. And then uh, what is it about the weather, which is just some great educational stuff. And really all of these uh, weather podcasts have just great education, so We're really hoping this month it creates a little more awareness for people about weather podcasts, and and hopefully you find something you like. Our next episode, uh, as we're a biweekly show, is going to be in two weeks on April 6th at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. We'll be with Storm Chaser and National Weather Service research meteorologist Gabe Garfield. Mm -hmm. Uh, So go to stormfrontfreaks.com if you'd like to watch it live. But for MJ and Maz and Brady, and our our freak this week, Bill. I'm going to go ahead and mm-hmm. signal the all clear, and we will catch you next time. Peace. Bye.
4: Yeah, I want to congratulate y'all for getting your Weather Ready Nation ambassador thing. That was a really cool thing that Rick got us all started doing. I thought Thank that you was
1: outstanding. Yeah, I agree.
4: Everybody's done it except one so
0: far. Sweet.
1: All right. Thanks no, for listening no, and watching. Take care, everybody. Bye. <laughs>
0: See ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com, providing interactive weather content for web, mobile, and digital displays at cost-effective prices, zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.